Welcome back to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one where minute at a time. I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hey, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedmark.com, and we are delighted to welcome two gentlemen steeped in the original recipe Batman lore, Niall and John of Bat Minute 89. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. And Heidi, that introduction was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I was feeling like I don't think we've ever been complimented like that. We've never been described in such nice terms. It's like, ooh, what the hell? This is weird. I don't think we even describe ourselves that nicely. Usually I just get, uh, you know, hey, you in the bushes is the, uh, the classic. <laughs> Bush Minute 89. Oh, wow. <laughs> the band Bush? <laughs> sure, oh, my sure. God. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Bush, like there's a connection. Oh, no. <laughs> there's a connection. I'm going to make a connection, right? Who's the singer of Bush? The lead oh, singer. Oh, God, you're taxing Gavin me. Gavin Rossdale. Gavin okay. Rossdale. So how can we connect <laughs> Gavin Rossdale to this minute, you guys? Let's get our heads together. Niall, this is your forte, surely. He's our <laughs> resident connecting man. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, God, no. Get me, get me to the end of the minute, at least. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right, put, I will. Put a pin in it, and then we'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. Well, that'll just be a tease, guys, and we'll see if we can figure it mm. out. But he, he was the guy married to Gwen Stefani, so that's bound to be a route right there, isn't it? That you is know? a potential route. I was thinking of a different route, but... I was thinking maybe with Constantine, because he was in Constantine with Keanu Reeves, that surely, because Keanu Reeves kind of gets around, that maybe he has a connection to this movie in some way, shape, or form, and we could, maybe Keanu can be the glue that holds the world <laughs> together. That is the first time I've heard anybody bring that movie up in a long, long time. I actually quite liked the show, but not, the movie... It, it's very different. <laughs> it is, yeah. That's really funny because I have the opposite sense. I really enjoyed the movie, but the TV show is like, nah. I thought it was okay. So, it, it had a lot more to do, like it should have been doing. Uh, I think that's the problem. Mm. You can see the potential in the show. And you're like, oh, I want right. this to keep going because it's just going to get better if they let it. But it never got there. <laughs> mm. Uh-oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So- I thought I had it there as well, because I was like, oh, because Constantine had, I was going to say it had Kate Blanchett, but no, it's Tilda mm. Swinton. Because then I'd be like, oh, Kate oh. Blanchett's in Thor now. But it's like, oh, no, damn it. It's a, <laughs> it's a similar but completely different woman. So, damn it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That similar vibe. Well, this, right. this started on a weird tangent. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Molly, I'm going to kick it back to you. Why don't you let us know what's happening in this minute? Cool. So uh, we are covering minute 70 in today's episode of covering the movie The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, Dana and Marty meet their first incarcerated monster. Yay! It should be heavily noted, though, that like (laughs) within the solid minute of footage, that's like maybe the last five seconds. And the rest of 55 other (laughs) seconds... Nothing right. occurs of, of any significance, really. <laughs> it's like me, like me and John thought that we had it bad on, like a, there was a a week of Batman, which was Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale eating soup, and the 
we were just like, oh, oh my god, this is death. Yes. But like this, that was a challenge. This is like that ten, times ten now. Like, <laughs> I tell you what, though, I like these actors. You've probably gone through it a lot on the show already. But um, Marty is his name. I'm terrible with names. Um, the, the guy playing him, I don't know him from a lot of stuff. I, th- I, I think he was in Dollhouse, but um, mm-hmm. I really like him yes. in, in this. It made yes. me rewatch a lot of the a lot of other stuff he's done, and I, I like him. I want to see him more. Why mm. is he not in more stuff? I know, seriously. Yeah, mm. I agree. I really like him too. I want to see him a lot, a lot mm. more. Well, yeah. they, they have a weird connection with him in that it's like a deep cut one, but I always associate him now with, there's a line from an episode of Frasier that I always quote because it's not like one of, none of the major characters say it. But like, <laughs> so no one really ever gets to the Frasier I'm quoting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But there's one where uh, he invites the Frasier Crane fan club over to his apartment. And this guy with a camera shows up and he just keeps taking photos going, <laughs> this is great, this is great. And every time anything's like mildly okay, I keep going, this is great. And uh, but the thing is, like a mother and her son show up straight after and th- those three people that oh. is the Fraser Crane fan club and uh, the mother is a small woman the son is played Kron, by uh, yeah. Franz oh, Kranz cool. no. or Franz Kranz or however he prefers it to be pronounced mm-hmm. but he's like, he's really young in it like he's clearly like in his mid-teens wow and he looks way different like it's there's a good like it's a good 10 years of difference between that would have been like late 90s and this would have been late aughts I guess <laughs> But uh, yeah, I always have an association now. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's that's Marty from uh, Cabin in the Woods. Now every time that episode pops on, mm. although again, you it doesn't look anything even, even vaguely <laughs> similar. So it's like, no. uh, well, but it's there. The connection is there. It so. is. It's interesting. I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, I I know that he'd been acting for a while, but that's it's so funny to me to like see people from like way back and like in these really almost like cameo roles and then to see them like do something like heavy hitting, you know, so many years later and be like, Oh, it's that guy from Frasier. He's back. He's working. uh, It was just yesterday. Cause I'm making my way. I'm doing a weird uh, lunchtime double bill now. Every, every day where I'm watching. (laughs) What? uh, Because I put the Dick Van Dyke show on Netflix. I'm like, Oh, I must watch this because this is like, that's just because, well, it's a, it's the, like a cornerstone of like American comedy. It's like, oh, Dick Van Dyke show. I'll watch it because I used to watch the Phil Silver show and stuff back when I was a kid. It's like, I get these old cheesy American sitcoms. I'll enjoy this. And so far I have. It's actually been quite entertaining. And you can see why Dick Van Dyke is so famous. It's like, oh, he's a very funny man. But uh, I've been doing a double bill of uh, with that uh, with rewatching 30 Rock. And it's weird because right. it's kind of like you can pretend because they're both set in like TV show writers rooms it's like oh you can pretend it's the same studio like 40 years apart or something if hmm. if you so wanted to but uh yeah just yesterday i was watching an episode of 30 rock and there's a bit where they're just running through like the lobby and there's a tour a tour guide oh. it's aubrey plaza and she has hmm. one line and then she just disappears <laughs> but you're sitting there going like that's aubrey plaza what and then she's gone again and it's like this must have been like literally just before parks and rec started mm. so there's just no one would have known who she was and it's like Oh, it's crazy that she just they gets this really big, prominent close-up, and then she's gone again. But... Anyway. Um, yeah, so, so <laughs> well, there is a little bit going on in this minute, but See? you're right. It's mostly Dana and Marty mm. in this, this elevator that's got the lighting around the edge of it, and it's moving down... It's kind of kerchunking along and they're just kind of taking it all in. Like they don't know where this elevator's going. And then they 
are kind of rotating past a few dark things. You can't really see them. And then finally they come across something like another jump scare, a nice werewolfy jump scare. Am I right in... <laughs> is it going sideways, this elevator? Because I, I know that's to kind of add to the creepiness. You're like, oh, elevators don't do this. But then it got me thinking, mm. why don't elevators do this? This would be fantastic. <laughs> you could mm-hmm. go all around big buildings mm-hmm. and structures and things. Yeah. Up, down, left, right, all dimensions. Mm-hmm. Except so, time. Yeah. Well, maybe you should be able to go through time. I don't know. This should be a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I've always thought cars <laughs> should have spherical wheels. <laughs> right. With a very strong brake mechanism applied. Because then you could park by just going left and right. Mm. You, you could just slot right into the parking yeah. space. <laughs> it's a similar thing. This thing going sideways, which is what I was seeing. I don't know if I'm going crazy. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Elevators mm-hmm. need to do this. Sort it out, people. Invent this. <laughs> I, I think if you could make even a ride like this is, is fantastic. I mean, we have these trams. Um, so mm. we have a, a hospital, teaching hospital, like way up on the hill in Portland. And so they built these crazy trams, but, but you have to, you know, pay money to get up. But people will just ride it for funsies. Like they don't want to go to the hospital. They'll just do it because it seems really futuristic and cool. So I feel like they could just have this in a building where, you know, people are like getting their coffee and trying to go to work and are you know living their day. But then you can spend five bucks and you can just like ride the the sideways interdimensional elevator <laughs> um, with the cool lights. Yeah. So that would be fun. You know? like I'm still mesmerized by the <laughs> elevators that you get in and like the doors are on both sides. So like you can be standing facing the door and all of a sudden they'll open behind oh. you. It's like, what the That's hell? A mind. Don't get me started on that. Who the hell thought that was sensible? It freaks you the hell out. You got to turn around. You don't know where you are. What's going on? Ah. <laughs> So if you had a car with spherical wheels and now you can't even take the, the door bin no. behind you. But it's I creepy. Think that's, it's creepy. Yeah, that's it's a good horror movie. movie. That is it's very disconcerting. It's it's like, I mean, these guys are already on edge, but now they're moving down and they're moving sideways. Mm. And we'll find that that glass is on both sides. And it, it it's really, it, yeah, it's like just they don't know where the hell they're at. And what's up is down, down is up chaos <laughs> out of control <laughs> what it uh, really reminded me of was uh have you guys seen the movie cube mm. which uh but yeah but you know, the, the fact they find mm-hmm. in they're in a thing that's actually very similar to this like it's all interconnected cube cubic rooms but you find out then that they're all sliding and slotting into place continually which like you'll see it more next week when you actually get the grand sort of view of everything that's happening within uh, within these squares, it's like yeah, it just really reminded me like oh, yeah, it's like cube that you know that these things are in constant rotation and slotting into place, but it's all one big cube the whole time. Yeah, well, as someone who's only ever seen Cube mm-hmm. Two, uh, Hypercube, uh, it, it still <laughs> applies to Cube Two. It, I can see that. I can feel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed. The Cube Two was just like no, it just goes up and down. Now. Like there's no- oh no, hype. Hi- Hypercube had, adds, uh, well, <laughs> as I said before, another dimension, time. Ooh. The, the different cubes have different times. Oh. Oh. So you can go into Ooh. the, you can go through to the next sort of cube and it'll be like 30 years in the future. And one of the, one of the team is dead. It's like, oh my God, who killed them? Who killed them? Who stabbed this? And you don't know. And then they'll be in the past. Oh, it's, it's quite trippy. Yeah, this, that has been mm. pointed out that this is yeah. a reference to... The cube, hmm. cube, and 
cube two electric cubaloo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> watch. So what? Yeah, what? And I had a feeling that you you both might be familiar with that. Yeah. So what is going on in those cubes? Besides what you just described, what's what's the premise of Cube? Uh, well, the first Cube is uh, simply it's these people just wake up inside uh, like a weird square room. And then when they try to leave one, there's panels in each wall. And when they try to leave one, they, there's like a horrific death trap. But then they start figuring out like, oh, there's a certain way you can. If you wait to the right time and the right conditions, one of the doors will be safe to go through. And they keep thinking, like, oh, potentially, if you go through enough of them, you'll eventually get out of the cube. And um, it's very, very low budget. Like you can, and you can tell by the, the quality of the <laughs> actors in it, because like there's no one in, in there that you know except uh, <laughs> Nicole DeBoer, who was the girlfriend oh in the Dead Zone TV show. <laughs> hey, m- more than I've been in. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, <fair> <laughs> oh, and no, I think she was in. Deep Space Nine mm. as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so, he starts with yeah. Actually, I think she replaces Terry Farrell's character in Deep Space Nine, which is relevant because Terry Farrell is in one of the Hellraiser movies, which will pop up next uh, in the next couple of minutes. So, <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> cute. It's got like loads of little cute little things in it. Like every character is subtly named after like a prison. Like one of the characters gotcha. called like Quentin after San Quentin and stuff like that, <laughs> and you can kind of yeah, and there's a bit. No, like again, there's another line that always comes that pops into my head when things are like really huge because there's a bit where Nicole uh, the boy roars out like "You can't be done, it's astronomical." <laughs> and again, I don't quote it out loud because it's just like, oh, who's gonna get that? But when something is like so hugely confounding, I do internally sometimes be like, "It's astronomical." But, <laughs> <laughs> Cube 2 is very, very much the same thing. It just adds the complicated <laughs> aspect of different time zones within the cube. That's that's pretty much the... It gets really complicated with some kind of mathematical equation talking about hypercube. It get, I don't understand it, to be honest. I'm clearly not intelligent enough for Cube 2 hypercube. <laughs> I believe there is a third There's a third cube, but like I don't have any... Like After the first one, I was... Not that I'm saying Cube is bad, but I was just like, I'm, I think I'm done. Like, I don't need <laughs> well, to watch the rest of these. I think there's a prequel that explains the origin of the Cube. It's like, well, I don't want to know the origin of the Cube. That ruins it. <laughs> the thing is, there's a game show over here, too, called The Cube, hosted by Philip Schofield, who's just like a really mild-mannered breakfast TV host. I'm like, oh, I wish the, the prequel to the Death Trap Cube was actually like, oh, the, the ratings were going down in this Philip Schofield Cube. So we just decided to introduce, like, you know, Razor wire that can slice your head into <laughs> tiny little cubes, which is another little cute thing to do. Is like it will turn you into cubes. Ah. Uh, that's a bit like the Running yeah. Man now, though. Oh. Yeah. Well, like it, yeah, there's a bit like if there's someone watching for entertainment purposes, it could be construed as being uh, yeah, Running Man <laughs> entertainment well, but, purposes. Like, uh, is there <laughs> another way that we're watching this stuff besides <laughs> entertainment <laughs> purposes? Education. No. Yeah. Education. <laughs> surely, surely. Mm. We're very serious scholars. Mm. Oh, I meant more uh, yeah. entertainment uh, in within okay, The Running gotcha. Man. At least that's a reality TV show. Within gotcha, Cube, okay. it's... Uh, we're, yeah. In the Cubes, we're more like a fly on the cube. A fly on the wall of the cube or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fly on the cube. I like that. 
gleaming the cube fly on the cleat so molly what what uh what did you observe or have to say about what's going on in this minute well it's it's small potatoes but you know these guys are really covered in wet and blood and dirt and been rolling around with the zombies and whatnot and taking a beating but i didn't notice that marty has like a rip in the back of his clothing and that was something in a continuity that kind of stuck stuck in my craw a little bit because you know he did take he did take a quote-unquote trowel to the back so i just kind of would have expected Mm. the clothing to be perforated (laughs) because the presumption it it went in there but yeah so that was something that that came up for me as i was looking that i was like i would have liked to have seen that look a little bit more i mean they look i mean they look like shit i mean they look haggard for sure but like i just thought (laughs) of You know, I just wanted that extra level of, of believability because he they did. have, you know, uh, Dana hasn't, but he has. He's he's taken he's mm. taken one to the back. So <laughs> I don't know if like that that, that trial in the back, too, because that's the thing that he really he walked that off pretty quickly. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. and the, how he was able to walk at all is, uh, you know, uh, uh, an achievement unto itself, frankly. <laughs> but, well, Niall, you're just not you're not a beefcake like me. You know, I, I could take that. That's fine. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing uh, I don't know if you guys uh, mentioned specifically because I know you in one episode you talked about that the the makeup and stuff was done by AFX Studios. I remember you mm-hmm. kind of briefly mentioned mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm surprised it didn't go further into that because you're like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a company. Right. It's founded by David uh, Leroy Anderson and Heather Langenkamp, and like uh, I was just like, oh, Heather Langenkamp, that's Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Like as that actress, that's what she went on to do. I was just like, oh, that's a, I thought that was like, well, that was a, when I heard that, I was like, holy crap, the Heather Lattencamp, that's what she does? So, and uh, yeah, because if, if you watch uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where, you know, she plays herself and her husband, and that is like a special effects makeup guy. And it's like, oh, there you go. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's not, it's not played by her actual husband, but it's a guy, I think he's called like Chase in it as well. They gave him like an extra American name for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was planning on kind of following up on that, you know, when oh. we do our credits at the end. But no, I'm glad you oh, did. No, no, I, you I can, definitely you, like in the lead on that. You can so. have my permission to cut no, that No, no, not at all. <laughs> we can definitely go <laughs> further into that later on, too. But I'm glad you mentioned it, totally. No, that's a really great tidbit of of info because that's something, you know, when I was kind of researching them on the website, it wasn't something that came up for me. So that's a really, I was like, I did not know that. So that's a really great mm. bit of trivia. But the, the thing is, too, I've learned recently from uh, rewatching the Nightmare movies uh, in the past few years. I think uh, Heather might she might be a better makeup artist <laughs> than she is an actress because oh, she's pretty terrible in those movies if you watch them now. But. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to find your way, you know? So that was maybe, yeah, the the, um, the yeah. way to get her to discover what she was truly meant to be. That's some nice, that's some really nice PR, actually. Or she got in and they were like, wow, God, this is, you've, you've peaked here in this particular aspect of the industry. You may want to pivot into something a little more long term for your skill set. That's a positive way of putting it. Yeah, she yeah. pivoted. She didn't. Uh, she didn't backtrack or anything. So she speaking pivoted. of pivoting, yeah. I wanted to go back to we we talked earlier um, in a different minute about the difference between a werewolf and a wolf man. And since we get our our werewolfman here, mm. um, I did look around a little bit more, and it does seem like it's they're pretty much the same thing, and that maybe just in earlier versions. 
because there was less uh, development in making a creature really evolve into something that looks more wolf-like and can, you know, run on all fours, that they looked more like a wolf man because they're a man with like a little bit longer nails and got a little furry, you know, like in the early days of classic horror. And uh, <laughs> but then later on as something like um, American Werewolf in London, you know, that, those kind of things really got it looking more like they were turning into a werewolf kind of for the night. And uh, so, yeah, I just mm. I kind of looked around. There wasn't anything like mind blowing to talk about. Just, I mean, the origins of those different things. But what I wanted to circle back to was because we're back to I will give a hint. We're at the end of the minute here. We've got the werewolf is did anybody connect the Gavin Rossdale connection? I just made a hint. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> is Gavin Rossdale? Is he a werewolf? Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> the end. We're on to you. Well, he is connected to a movie that is um, comes up after American Werewolf in London, which he did music for American Werewolf in Paris. Oh, so. uh, I've seen that um, one time, so that's probably why. Because <laughs> yeah, the first one I love, the second one I didn't yeah. didn't enjoy yeah. as much. I'll be honest. Be honest I'm, I'm I'm devastated we mm. didn't get it because that's up there with like John Williams and Star Wars, <laughs> you know, Danny Elfman in Batman, and then Rossdale and the American Werewolf in Paris. I honestly have no idea why <laughs> wow. I even knew that. As soon as we started talking about Bush, it came <laughs> into my mind. I have no idea why, and I never even saw American Werewolf in Paris, but American Werewolf in London is definitely one of my favorites. And I, I remember specifically how much they talked about that, that transformation and the, the, you know, how they did it and how it was this big leap in um, practical effects and everything. And, and I was just fascinated by it. And then of course they have a great soundtrack and it's really funny and oh my God, so much to love about it. Hell yeah. Well, actually, what do you feel about this wolf man in Cabin in the Woods? Because Mm -hmm. I'm kind of torn, right? It works as a jump scare. Like it comes out like, oh, you know, you're frightened. But maybe it's just me. I don't find the actual creature that terrifying. Like it's scary in a physical sense, but the build up to seeing mm -hmm. it is so kind of mm. tense and creepy and slow that I always want it to be something mm. more than just, oh, it's like just a wolf man. Okay. <laughs> I want it to be something really grotesque. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that in the build-up that was like, were they trying to make some kind of statement? Because you can see as, um, I'm blanking mm. on the character's name, it's Christine Connolly. But uh, like when her cat, when she's staring off into the, the, the yes. darkness, yeah. you do see her reflection mm -hmm. in the thing. I'm like, is mm -hmm. this supposed to be like a statement that like, maybe, maybe we're really the monsters. And like, that's uh, she's looking at herself before the, yep. the actual yep. threat comes to the fore and whatnot. It was like, oh, maybe, maybe there is a, Dana, isn't it? That's her name. Dana? Am I right? Yeah, like, oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that it was one of those ones of like, oh, I see what I oh. see what you might be doing, mm -hmm. Kevin in the Woods. This mm -hmm. is this is clever. This is like it's a black mirror of sorts kind of thing. Which is, you know, Cabin in the Woods is a very black mirror-esque kind of concept. So 
Yeah, I feel like that comes up that that sentiment comes up two minutes from now. So we'll we'll chat about that on Friday too. But yeah. I, I I really I think that's part of of the commentary is like, are we the monsters? You know, and that's yeah, mm. veiled mm. or not so veiled here. Yeah. yeah. Although the, the 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 idea of like any like a Josh Whedon based werewolf property, mm. it always makes me think of. Well, it's not a werewolf specifically, but I remember there was an episode of Buffy. Where in season three they had hellhounds, and I remember when you see them because you seen them in cages and they were ferocious and they were really rattling <laughs> the cages. And at the beginning of the episode, I myself was like, "Holy crap! Like they're really they're going to tear her to pieces." And then when they actually get out at the end of the episode, they're like so easily taken care of. And it's kind of like it's one of the biggest disappointments in in Buffy to me. Wow. Was I was like, "Yeah, they wasted those cool hellhound <laughs> things that like." Oh, they were that. It was very obvious when they get out that it's a this men and all fours just jump hopping mm-hmm. down the road after her. Mm-hmm. But I was really hoping like there was going to be something more than that. And then it's like, oh, it's a lot of build up to mm-hmm. very little payoff. Are <laughs> men the right, real hellhounds? Right. That's really what. <laughs> what do you guys think of the werewolves in Buffy? They look fine. I think that's the thing. They look they look fine <laughs> considering <laughs> the time and the budget. Right, like, okay. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Buffy you do have to just take as been like, they, you know, they had limitations right. in terms of what right. they could pull off. But that's part of the charm as well, though. Like <laughs> when you watch it now, especially you look back and the the, the monsters, like the vampires themselves, mm. to be honest, they're kind of crappy looking. Yeah, but that's part of mm-hmm. the fun. It's kind of right. a bit campy, yeah. isn't it? Testament <laughs> too. Like if you have writing that good. It doesn't mm. matter what the effects are like. It's just like, well, people will still watch it anyway because it's a good show. But I do remember as well, there was an episode with like, even at the time, it was like, that is terrible. Right. Like there was, <laughs> there was one they had to go into the sewers and there was like a big snake monster yep. and it was a oh, big CGI yeah. Yeah. thing and it looked like, <laughs> like PS1 level, like <laughs> graphics. And even like I was sitting, this was by like what, 1999 mm-hmm. probably, by season three or and been like, that is just, just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's like, just all you had to do, don't even, don't show the thing. Just have it alluded to that it's there. But no, they decided, like, no, we're, we're, we're splashed out for the CGI monster. And I was like, oh, you really should not have mm-hmm. because. <laughs> yeah. See, when you said there's a bad episode of Buffy, I was getting ready to just attack you. <laughs> oh, no, you, not man. a bad episode. But as soon as, as soon as you said the snake monster in the sewer, I was oh, okay, yeah, he's right. <laughs> Well, so, all right. I think we've kind of covered pretty much everything in this minute, unless is there anything else anybody wanted to mention or talk about before we wrap it up? No, no, all done in. I think I'm done, yeah. I'm good. Cool. Well, let's do this. Let's do this. So, guys, we, we've talked about it a bit, a bit. We've mentioned it a couple times, but tell us where we can find you and your Movies by Minute podcast. Ah, yes, we are from Bat Minute 89. And as you may have gathered, that is currently covering uh, Tim Burton's Batman one minute at a time. We may have wrapped up by the time this airs, actually, I'm not sure. But either way, we're going straight on to the next one after a, a brief break. Um, so you can find us on Facebook, just put in Bat Minute 89. And we're on Twitter as well. We're all over the internet, anywhere you want. Instagram, <laughs> iTunes, <laughs> everywhere. You can't get rid of us. We're a, like a bad rap. <laughs> 
Awesome. And yeah, definitely one of our favorite podcasts. We love listening to you guys and are happy to have you oh, here you. with us. And yeah, and thanks for retweeting, you know, m- much of the stuff that, that we post on Cabin Minute Cast on Twitter and stuff always helps us, helps more people find us. And we try to do the same mm, back at thank you. Thank you. Of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Cabin Minute Cast. You can find us on Instagram at Cabin Minute Cast. And you can find us on the World Wide Web at CabinMinuteCast.com. And of course, on Facebook, the Gabin in the Woods Facebook. Yeah, thanks for John and Niall coming out uh, awfully late where they are. Um, (laughs) It's going to be awfully late when we're done. But uh, (laughs) thank you guys for showing up here on a Monday, and we will see you back at the cabin. Thank you.